1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, October 9th, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us today, and happy Friday to everybody out there whenever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, You took some work this week, it took some juggling, but I'm very happy we were able to get out an episode today on Friday. It's going to come out probably just before noon, Uh, but for those of you who have followed the podcast, whether it be social media or have kind of the notifications on your various social media platforms, uh, you know, you get the notifications and you're good to go. So thank you to all the loyal listeners and to anybody who's new listening. Welcome to uh, the Get Home Safe podcast. And uh, what what we're doing currently is we're having a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format, even though I messed up last Wednesday or this most recent Wednesday, I should say, The plan was to have our weekly Wednesday weigh-in with our uh, only weekly guest, Bill Barnes, the retired police officer and umpire. And, uh, you know, work schedules got pushed around, so we had an episode out with him Thursday, yesterday. If you've not had a chance to go check that out, uh, it's there for you. And and I know it's a little odd seeing uh, Bill Barnes outside of his normal Wednesday slot, but we did what we could. Uh, Monday was just kind of uh, me recapping the sports weekend weekend. And today on Fridays, as I mentioned throughout the week and a little bit of last week, we're going to have our Suds with Studs segment that we've been doing on Fridays, a moment, a time that we can just kind of pay tribute to somebody, Uh, probably someone, usually people with military service could be uh, police officers, maybe firefighters, sometimes just uh, everyday citizens that do quite uh, amazing things, very uh, courageous acts, we'll say. And uh, anyway... Uh, um, anyway, as we move forward here, that's kind of the plan on Fridays is to do that as we've been doing for a few months and then also have a guest. And today our guest is Todd Carson. We've been doing a lot of interviews with guests over the course of these past few months. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just gets to be quite a bit. Uh, we were doing five interviews a week and, uh, I'm really happy we were able to do that for so long, but, you know, with work and everything, just life uh, popping up here, we really have to uh, do our best to kind of space things out. So Todd Carson's on the show today. Good friend of mine, former coach of mine. I also had the opportunity to coach with him and he has been on the program before. He was one of our first guests way back in April. Then a few months later, he actually wanted to interview me, uh, kind of turning the tables, if you will. So he did that. That was a lot of fun. And today I said, you know, what? let's catch up with Todd. It's been a while. It's October. There's all kinds of things to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of sports going on, but uh, there's some politics as well. We don't uh, have to get too much into things, but we're going to talk about influences, really, specifically on the radio, on podcasts, kind of people that have influence on him, maybe some authors, Uh, some people, it could be sports related, but just people that you know, really speak to him, speak to me and, and kind of, we have very similar interests that way. So that's going to be a, a big part of our, of our uh, interview today. Just the fact that, that we are, uh, um, you know, we don't get to talk as much as we'd like, which is, is sad, but it's just part of life. Todd has four kids now and, uh, his youngest uh, baby, uh, Heidi had some heart issues, uh, a month or so ago. And, and we, we talked about that, here on the program, uh, she's doing great. Uh, the family's doing great, and uh, I'll let Todd fill you in on everything else here in in a few minutes. But really looking forward to talking with my good friend Todd Carson. Uh, it's been a few months, and we're going to talk about how maybe you know you don't always have to agree 100 percent with the people that have influence on you. Maybe sometimes you you get influence from people that you never thought you would, and uh, you know I'll, we'll dive into more of that here with Todd. But uh, looking forward to that. Uh, A few uh, sporting news, we'll say. Um, Three teams advanced in the baseball playoffs on Wednesday. The Atlanta Braves. Yes, you heard that. The Atlanta Braves. They won a playoff series. It's a crazy year, 2020. But they swept the Miami Marlins three games to nine. And the Atlanta Braves advanced to the NLCS uh for the first time since you know that great run they had in the 90s there where they were seemed like they were in the world series every year um additionally the los angeles dodgers also swept uh their opponent the san diego padres and it wasn't much of a game either 12 to 3 and i didn't mention the Braves score Braves 7 to nothing so both teams really had a chance to advance and didn't uh didn't didn't uh, blink they didn't hesitate they just destroyed their opponent uh, so uh, Miami San Diego you guys are some nice beach cities but uh, you're gonna be sitting on your beach uh, at home probably not uh, playing any baseball for for a while so have a nice offseason it'll be the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National league championship series which will take place in Arlington Texas um, which is it's it's odd to say but seven game series. Uh, it should start Monday, I believe they said. I'll double-check here. Uh, yeah, Monday, game one. And uh, it looks like there's not going to be any days off, kind of like this other series. It'll just be seven straight days of uh, baseball, which I absolutely love. No no need for off days, for travel days. Just go right into it. And what it's really going to do is, you know, whoever has a better pitching staff, I think it, it rewards that, rewards the team with the better – because. Typically, when you have those days off, you can bring back your game one starter in game four or game, you know, having pitched three times in a series or whatever. It's going to be a little more difficult when it's seven games, roughly, or it is seven games, excuse me, seven games in seven days, and there'll be no weather issues because there's a roof and everything in in, uh, Arlington, and I think that's a big reason they decided uh, to play there uh, in in Texas for the new state, and it's a brand new stadium too. So the Braves Dodgers, hope you guys are ready, should be a lot of fun. Now another team that advanced on Wednesday was the hated Houston Astros, uh, beating the Oakland Athletics eleven to six to win that series three games to one. And uh, you know what? If I'm honest, I think most Dodger fans they want another shot at the Astros as much as the Dodger fans would love a Dodgers Yankees World Series. And I and I personally, I'm here. To, I'm here with them. I think that would be awesome historical significant, although it would be very odd seeing it played in another state, uh, in the state of Texas. That would be odd. But uh, you know, whatever, whatever needs to happen. I mean, if it's Dodgers, Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, heck, if it's the Dodgers, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, that'd be fine. I think a lot of Dodger fans, they just want to they just want to win a World Series so bad. <laughs> They've been so close for so many years. And uh, I did mention the Rays, there, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, they could not close out the Yankees on Wednesday. A game 5 was forced by the Yankees, so that will take place later today. I keep saying Wednesday for some reason. I'm sorry, guys. I'm all backwards. All of these games were played on Thursday, mind you. Uh, and and moving forward, to, we're recording today on Friday. That's why I'm a little backwards, I guess. But anyway, on Thursday, Game 4, the Yankees won 5-1, to one, defeated the Rays to force a Game 5 today on Friday at four o'clock pacific time uh that's quite a fun way to start the weekend really for those of you who kind of get off work around i don't know five or so you go in and watch a uh, game five of the uh, american league division series to see who the last team is that's going to be in the final four of baseball if you will should be pretty exciting there's also some type of basketball game tonight that i don't really care about nor do a lot of other people care about quite honestly and uh, all I'll say about this is that, you know, all this worship of LeBron James, and, and this was even before he was, uh, you know, a political expert. Um, he, he's done that for years, kind of behind the scenes, tried to, you know, be at the forefront of political issues and everything, just kind of to be the, uh, some type of savior that he, that he always is, uh, you know, self-proclaimed King, King James, right? There's all these other, uh, analogies, biblical analogies we can use, but, but one, I want to say that I, I haven't seen this from ESPN yet, but I swear if, if somebody, you know how they drink water between timeouts, if someone accidentally spills and having been a basketball referee, someone always spills during timeouts, it just, the, the bottles leak and everything. If the, if a water bottle does leak a little bit and there's a few spots on the ground, don't nobody mop it up. Nobody don't worry about it. LeBron James according to ESPN and all these other people, he can walk on water. LeBron James can walk on water. So just, he'll walk over the top of it and it'll probably all go away. You know, you don't need mops or anything. Just don't, LeBron James can walk on water and, uh, you know, I I think uh, that's all I got to say about that. So, I could care less about the NBA tonight. The Los Angeles Lakers are probably going to hang a banner and uh, at one time, I really cared about that stuff. But, uh, I refuse to to uh, support that uh, when LeBron James is the leader of of uh, of that franchise. And it's it's very sad to even say those words. And I got to tell you something. For those of you who are like, oh, you're just so against all the uh, – why are you so against all of his political stances and everything? I'll tell you what. I, I would feel the exact same way, being honest, 100% the same way if there were no political issues. I don't like the guy. I never have. Uh, everyone wants to wrap him into like this Mount Rushmore. Can we still say Mount Rushmore? I don't know if we can or not. I'm gonna say Mount Rushmore. You, uh, everyone wants to put him on this Mount Rushmore of NBA top players of of all time. I'm sorry, it's not, he's really good, but so what? There's a lot of really good players. Stop it, anyway. I've erased enough breaths on, on LeBron James, plus, if you know, again. If you turn on ESPN, I turn on. I went to to uh, go downstairs this morning to watch a little bit of uh, maybe the recap of the football game from last night. A great game between the Bears and Bucks, and all they're talking about is King James and how amazing he is, how he looks like he's twenty five, and oh my goodness, I swear, yeah, just look, look. Well, no, don't watch, don't watch, but just keep in mind if anyone spills water uh, on the court, that LeBron James can walk on water, according to ESPN and uh, you know NBA execs and tv anyway enough of that um speaking of the football game last night the bears and bucks 20 to 19 victory chicago bears beat the tampa bay buccaneers and nick fove beats tom brady again although the last time was kind of higher stakes in a super bowl and everything um it seemed to me like the bucks controlled most of that game i got home late after work and watched it i mean recorded it and everything and i thought for sure man the bucks were just gonna pull away but they never did it was kind of sloppy on the bucks part and chicago just kind of grinded and hung in there and uh watch out the chicago bears are four and one i don't think it's a true four and one but you know at the end of the day your record you are who your record says you are and uh you know they're right there i think personally nick Foles is is a is a better option than mitch trubisky that's just me but uh hey you know, to each his own They're they're, they're playing well enough to win. And you know, in the NFL, that's all that really matters. Um, we're not going to get into any predictions or anything like that. Uh, at least this week, but a big week of games ahead, uh, the red river shootout. Yes. The shootout, uh, Oklahoma and Texas. I am still calling it that. I don't, I don't believe in all these PC terms we have to use. Now the red river shootout, uh, starts us off Saturday morning. That should be a lot of fun. um, One last thing about, you know, watching some of the game last night. And just, I want to say real quick is, you know, ref referees get so much flack. They get, they get, they get just criticized so much. And that's just part of the job. That's just the nature of the beast. But what angers me so much is when I see broadcasts and I see fans and broadcasters and, you know, they'll see referees make a call. They're like, how could you make that call? And it's like, well, wait a minute. No person in their right mind saw something and was like, yeah, uh, B happened when A actually happened. Okay. It probably blocked out. Something weird happened. And I got to be honest that there's times in officiating where you don't have the angle. You don't have anything. You got to make your best judgment, your best guess sometimes. Um, But but I want to ask, I mean, do you guys really think officials are incompetent i hear that all the time oh it's official these guys are incompetent they're terrible okay saying guys are bad is one thing but incompetent do you really think the billion dollar industry of the nfl the nba all these major professional sports leagues team you think these leagues are so uh so much money they're just gonna put incompetent people out there Do you really think so? I don't think so, and I know so. I mean, guys have bad games, just like players. And, uh, you know, the officials are are very good. I watched some great officiating uh, from that game last night, and I'm sure people will point out a couple of the bad calls. But, man, some of the good calls that that occur are things that you guys don't even see. I have kind of a little bit of a trained eye for it, and I just some of the things I saw last night in the Bucks-Bears game, I was like, man, what a great call. What a great job of of working as an official, and yeah, sure, one or two mess-ups, whatever, whatever, you go to your job and uh, tell me when you had a perfect day at your job, I bet you probably don't have too many, anyway, enough of me, let's get to our Suds with Studs segment, Uh, it might be a little quicker today, I've rambled enough today, and I know Todd Carson and I are going to chat a while too, so uh, anyway, let's uh, take a quick breather, take a sip of my coffee here, get to our Suds with Studs segment, and then we'll jump right into Our interview with Mr. Todd Carson. Well, guys, one of our favorite segments we do is on Fridays, and that is uh, a segment that is to pay tribute to a lot of military, law enforcement, firefighters, just anyone really who has... Uh, displayed tremendous courage or bravery, people that we can look at as heroes. We love talking about uh, various backgrounds and a lot of different uh, people who've really uh, been, been heroes to all of us in, in different times, whether it be the Civil War, World War II, um, September 11th, just all these different moments in our, in our time really where Really, the the heroes have really just shined, and the hero, heroism and courage. And I can't say it enough. Just all of these uh, these moments of valor. We'll say uh, I would like talking about. It could be one specific event. It could be maybe some years of service. Whatever the case may be, it's fun to talk about people who really give of themselves rather than uh, you know promote. Promote uh, themselves as uh, as a, a brave warrior. When uh, in today's world, everyone wants to do that, really. Uh, but it was really a lot of people throughout our history that have made this country great. Uh, recent history, uh, history all the way back to the beginning. Just uh, just brave people that I want want to continue to talk about on Fridays in our Suds with Stud segment, and we call it that because if it were at all possible, we would love sit down and have a beer uh, with these individuals. And most of them have passed away and it's not possible. Uh, but if it were possible, we would love to have a beer with them and you could rest assured we would not just be buying the first round, but all the rounds. So today we're going to talk about a baseball player, a major league baseball player, uh, Ted Williams, one of the best hitters that has ever gone through uh, major league baseball and uh, very famous for hitting over 400 for the Ted Williams shift, all these great things in baseball, but it was really his military service that sticks out to me. You know, we're in this day and age where athletes, they, they talk a big game really, but I don't know how many of them would go out and serve in the military if they were called uh, to do so called into action. So, uh, you know, Mr. Ted Williams did it not once, but twice in world war two. And, The Korean War. And, you know, he lost about five years of playing time during because of all that. Who knows how many records he could have broken and everything had he not done that. And and I don't know uh, all the details, what kind of guy he was. Uh, I, I just know that in walking away from a professional sport and serving your country, I think that is just so admirable and something that I wanted to make note of today on Studs with Studs. Uh, a little bit about Mr. Ted Williams. He was a 19-time All-Star, a two-time recipient of the American League Most Valuable Player Award, and a six-time American League Batting Champion. He finished his playing career with a 344 batting average, 521 home runs, and a .482 on-base percentage that is the highest of all time. Born and raised in San Diego, Williams played, around, played throughout his youth. After joining the Red Sox in 1939, he immediately emerged as one of the sport's best hitters. In 1941, Williams posted a 406 batting average. He is the last Major League Baseball player to bat 400 in a season. He followed it up by winning his first Triple Crown in 1942. Williams was required to interrupt his baseball career in 1943 to serve three years in the United States Navy and Marine Corps during World War II. Upon returning to Major League Baseball in 1946, Williams won his first AL MVP award and played in his only World Series. In 1947, he won his second triple crown. Williams was returned to uh, in 1947. He won his second triple crown. Williams was returned to active duty military duty for portions of the 1952 and 1953 seasons to serve as a Marine combat aviator in the Korean War. In 1957 and 1958, at the ages of 39 and 40, respectively, he was the AL batting champion for the fifth and sixth time. So what's interesting to me about Ted Williams is that he starts his career with the Red Sox. He's he's just going on a tear. He hits over 400 in 1941. MVP, I think it said, in 1942. And then drop everything, stop everything, military service. Uh, so you just... You're at the peak of your career, or at least some would think, and you go to serve in the military. You serve in the Marine Corps, and um, it's really interesting that uh, <laughs> that he was able to to go do that and and uh, you know play while he was playing. He was just drafted, and all of a sudden. Uh, Sudden, so, I was like, Oh, okay, gotta stop playing ball and being the, the best player in uh, in baseball at the time. Anyway, uh, it was January 1942, uh, after World War II began, Williams was drafted into the military, being put into class 1A. Uh, let's see here. After, let's see, the public reality. Let's see, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around here. Uh, Mr. Williams. There's 30,000. Sorry, I'm just – there's so much information here on Ted Williams and some of the history about him going into the military and everything that uh, I encourage you guys to go read about it because uh, there's a lot of info, a lot of uh, info, uh, a lot of details, we'll say, that uh, I don't want to skip over. But I kind of have to here just for time, time restraints uh, that we, we want to continue to move forward and not have a super long segment here as we have a, a great interview with Todd Carson to get to. But anyway, let's see here. Uh, Ted Williams, military service. Williams served as a naval aviator in World War II and the Korean War. Unlike many other players, he did not spend all of his wartime playing on service teams. Apparently, there was, you know, Navy baseball team and, you know, all this. uh, A lot of guys played on those teams and everything. And uh, that was considered, I guess, (laughs) considered service. Uh, But he was... He was really big about going and getting involved, hands-on and everything. Williams was talented as a pilot and so enjoyed it that he had to be ordered by the Navy to leave training to personally accept his American League 1942 Major League Baseball Triple Crown. Uh, Williams's Red Sox teammate talked about uh, Williams and the aviation program. Quote, he mastered intricate problems in 15 minutes, which took the average cadet an hour. And half of the other cadets there were college graduates, end of quote. Uh, more quotes from Pesky. Uh, I heard Ted literally tore the sleeve off uh, the sleeve target from to shreds with his angle dives. He'd shoot from wing over zooms, and barrel rolls. And after a few passes, the sleeve was ribbon. So uh, Mr. Williams here had tremendous hand-eye coordination, visual reaction, reflexes. Uh, you know, you could see why he was such an amazing hitter, uh, because it sounds like he was quite the pilot as well with a lot of his, uh, his actions. Um, let's see. Williams served as a flight instructor in Pensacola, teaching young pilots uh, to fly the complicated F-4 Corsair fighter plane. Uh, Williams was at Pearl Harbor awaiting orders to join the fleet in the Western Pacific when the war in the Pacific ended. He finished the war in Hawaii, and then he was released from active duty on January 12, 1946. But he did remain in the Marine Corps Reserve. Uh, let's see, on 1952, 14 months after his promotion to captain in the United States Marine Corps Reserve, Williams was recalled to active duty for uh, service in the Korean War. After eight weeks of refresher flight training and and qualifications, Williams was assigned to Marine Aircraft Group 33 based at K-3 Airfield in Pohang, South Korea. In 1953, flying as the wingman of John Glenn, yes, that John Glenn, later the astronaut and U.S. Senator, Uh, They were part of a 35-plane raid against a tank and infantry training school just south of Pyongyang, North Korea. During the mission, a piece of flak knocked out his hydraulics and electrical systems, causing Williams to have to limp his plane back to K-13 Air Force Base. The plane burst into flames soon after he landed. For his actions of this day, he was awarded the Air Medal. Williams flew 39 combat missions in Korea, earning the Air Medal with two gold stars in lieu of second and third awards before being withdrawn from flight status in June 1953 after hospitalization for pneumonia. This resulted in the discovery of inner ear infection that disqualified him from flight status. Williams would have likely exceeded 600 career home runs if he had not served in the military, and many have been and may have even approached Babe Ruth's then-record of 714 home runs. He might have set the career record for RBIs as well, exceeding Hank Aaron's total. While the absence is in the Marine Corps took almost five years out of his baseball career, he never publicly complained about the time devoted to service in the Marine Corps. Following his return to the United States in August 1953, he resigned his reserve commission to resume his baseball playing career. Well, truly admirable stuff from Ted Williams, the uh, splendid splinter, as he was known. Uh, You know, the last guy to hit over 400, uh, just some amazing stuff. I encourage you to go read up on him. Uh, You know, he was, it was far from perfect by any means, but as a lot of people we talk about here on the Suds with Studs segment, but I do encourage you guys to learn a little bit about a professional athlete who back in the day you know, just said, all right, I'm not playing ball anymore. I'm, I'm I'm going into the military. And then he came back and still did great things with uh, batting champions and everything. It, it's just unbelievable that he was able to take time off uh, and then jump back, you know, in, into the plane even. I think it was eight years later. They uh, He had been where he hadn't flown a plane in eight years. And after eight weeks, uh, he was right back to it again. So uh, I may have some of the details there messed up, but I encourage you guys go check out Mr. Ted Williams hall of fame baseball player hall of fame uh, person it sounds like especially military service wise and uh you know what we salute you mr ted williams we know it's not possible but if it were possible we would love to sit down and have a beer with you and we would not just buy the first round but all the rounds and you are one of many people that we want to continue to talk about on our friday segment suds with the studs Mm Okay, joining us today is Todd Carson, a big welcome back to Todd, who was on this program uh, many months ago in April. He was back again a few months after that to be the interviewer of me. He turned the tables and he was the one asking the questions, but we're bringing him back today. He's way up in Mount Shasta, California, right up towards the very top of the state, the Oregon border. And, uh, you know, he's going to tell us a lot about the different things he's up to, and we're going to chat a lot about uh, some of our influences and everything. Last time he was on the program, he had a rather hysterical impersonation of me, and I uh, got a lot of great feedback on that. So uh, let's, let's jump right into it with my good friend, Todd. Todd Carson, welcome back, my friend.
0: Hey, Matt, great to be here. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing excellent my friend we sound like robots uh <laughs> what's new and exciting man in mount shasta california
0: well it's uh it's good to be here it's good to see you rather than just hear you amen um, yeah it's a uh, nice weather here yeah the the smoke is uh pretty much gone mm-hmm. uh, from all the fires and so it's back to being beautiful it's the weather's cool it's, it's uh it, october weather um and up here, that's that's like 60s, 70s, and uh, football weather, definitely. Um, my, my parents are saying that it's still pretty hot down there.
1: Football? What do you mean, football? Like, game kids used to play in the fall? Hey, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. That one where uh <laughs> all – out there and do do boy stuff get dirty and tackle each other run and all that stuff
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's a a shame that california hasn't been playing high school football but they will eventually at least i hope so and uh yeah that football weather i i I felt that breeze the other day down here in southern california i was like okay it's starting to change i love that that fall weather we get uh, for a short time anyway down here It just uh, makes life a little better, I think, having the the fall season roll around. Uh, Well, Todd, first off, let me ask you about uh, your youngest daughter, Heidi. Uh, She had some heart issues uh, a month or so ago, maybe even longer than that. And we talked about her on this program and uh, all the great success she has had uh, through her surgeries and everything. But fill us in on um, on your youngest daughter. How old she is right now, and uh, maybe the story that she ended up, uh, what she went through uh, for, with her surgeries and everything.
0: Yeah, well, um, going through it, I think she's you know she's a tough little gal. You know, didn't have much choice about that. She was born uh twenty twenty which is nice having, you know, three other kids. Easy to remember that birthday. Um, So she's coming up on eight months here. I think, yeah. Um, And uh, she was just, you know, a sweet little girl, normal from everything we could tell and uh, going through the beginning stages of life. And then uh, I went down to uh, Southern California to visit my parents, was doing some work there. Uh, for the weekend, and uh, before I left, Heidi, when she cried, it was it was almost a silent cry, and so we, um, you know, we we called a couple of our nurse friends, and they said, well, you know, she's probably okay, just uh, you know, turn on the shower really hot and get her in some uh, some nice air and and so forth. Uh, so I left on my trip, and then um, the next day, which was Friday. Carla was just concerned because it didn't, it didn't stop, and so she uh, took her to the hospital here in Mount Shasta. They thought it was maybe something she ate that went into a lung because they took an X-ray and they saw a little bit of piece there. But they said, um, you know, th- the concern was bronchitis, but they go, it wasn't, it's not bronchitis um, so, or pneumonia. Um, but uh, this doctor was just like you know what, we don't have the technology here in Mount Shasta to, uh, to really tell what's going on. And if it is something more serious than something in our lungs, uh, we need to act right away. So, Carlos was telling me this uh, Friday night, and um, so they go, yeah, we're going to airlift her to UC Davis in Sacramento, which is the hospital that has all these uh, pediatric surgeons and doctors and specialties. Uh, so, they went ahead and did that, and uh, turns out they get there, they do some tests, and they find out, yeah, she, uh, I think one in 10,000 uh, babies is born with this. It was um, an extra artery that was pumping blood, um, too much blood into the wrong part of her heart, and it ended up swelling certain things that put pressure on her vocal cords, um, so bottom line was, uh, they said, we got to fix this and we got to fix this right away. So um, I came back home and um, there were three other patients before her. And so they said, we, we probably won't be able to do it till Wednesday, but we'll, we'll keep her on monitors. And if she, if she, uh, her, her condition gets more serious, then, um, you know, we'll, we'll bump her up. So she had her surgery. Um, that Wednesday and and I had taken the kids down there was able to see her you know because of COVID and everything you can only have you can't have multiple people in the hotel or the hospital with her so um, but they let me come in and see her you know in my mind I'm like this could be the last time I I see Heidi Uh, and so they allowed me to do that Um, uh, but uh, you know the success rate was I think and that surgery ninety five percent so you know if you if you allow your uh kind of your mind to take over your brain, you understand she's probably gonna be fine, but you know just as a parent you just you just you just you don't know and uh you're frightened and worried and and so forth so um <clears throat> she got through the surgery and um we were naturally relieved I had the other three kids we're kind of going up and down from Sacramento which is about three and a half four hour drive um, you know spending time at home and then coming down on the weekends and um, so they wanted to keep her to make sure her body could handle all that uh, surgery and everything Um, she's got a a nice scar and uh, so then they found out that because of this, uh, the surgery was successful, but the, she had pulmonary hypertension, which is another concern. So um, she, uh, they didn't want to send her home because they wanted, again, to see that she was able to handle um, the stress of going under the knife, et cetera. So um, they kept her, they were looking at their numbers and um, they finally decided we think she's good to go. And uh, the only thing is going to a higher elevation that might affect her. So they sent us a, with a bunch of oxygen tanks that um, we got to keep her keep our eye on. Um, again, her numbers, as far as uh, how much oxygen she's receiving. But uh, she's been home. We got her home. She hasn't needed any oxygen, thank goodness. Um, she's just on a, a, a bunch of different kinds of medicines, which they think they'll be able to wean her off of uh, within six months. And from then on, just kind of, uh, she th- they think she'll just be a normal girl. And, um, you know, but because of this, I guess, thing that developed because of uh, the initial injury, uh, that we just got to keep our eye on it, like, like, you know, a lot of people have to deal with throughout her life. But to make a... Short story, extremely long. She's gonna be fine, um, we think, as far as her heart goes. And um, she's taking a lot of medicine right now, but uh, um, we're just so thankful uh, because, uh, you know, when they usually detect this stuff right after birth and then they do the surgery. And a lot of the kids, because they're so young, they don't handle the surgery well and, and die a little bit later. Um, and then if you go too long, you Know it, it uh, it kills you. So it kind of got right in the middle when she was four or five months where she was strong enough to take take the uh surgery, and but yet it didn't affect her uh long term. So, uh, truly, truly blessed that the support um from everybody, prayers and support have been uh, another inspiration. Um, and uh, we couldn't be happier.
1: Well, she's got the right last name, my friend, to uh, fight through this uh, adversity. And and she's very strong at a very young age. And uh, we are very happy to hear that things are going well for her. Uh, You know what? Uh, Thank you for keeping us posted while it was happening. And uh, thanks for sharing uh, that information today, Todd. Great, great stuff. And uh, all the best to Heidi and the entire Carson family, your your wife, uh, Carla, the other three kids. I can't, man, you got an entire infield now, four kids. Look at you.
0: Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Carla's just, uh, has been a rock to the whole thing. Um, you know, you that's, uh, as you're learning the number one thing in this life is to have that, uh, have that partner, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's, uh, you know, just what do you do with Adam? What did you do with Adam? Um, so I am, uh, truly, truly thankful for my kids to have her as a mother and me to have her as a best friend and a wife. That's
1: awesome, man. Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it. Indeed. Uh, well, Todd, tell us about your new position at your school. You are working up in Mount Shasta at the golden Eagle charter school, and you're doing something a little bit different now. Not so much, teach well teaching in you know, a you're you're a teacher at heart whether it be a coach or the classroom but i think you, you do best on the athletic field but kind of tell me what you're doing now in this new uh coordinator position you were telling me about
0: it's it's kind of you know it's not dream job but um i like it i like uh golden eagle charter school is uh I, if you've been keeping up with california politics um national politics for that matter charter schools are are kind of on the chopping block but uh these these people have you know I've interviewed there several times as to be a teacher um but I ended up deciding to go to McLeod um because they had you know the other position of athletic director and, and coach open as well but um you know this position uh is, is a CTE coordinator. CTE is Career and Technical Education. Um, and basically, what it is, is it's a lot of uh, tactile learning um, courses that uh, get you on the path to well-paying jobs and careers um, right out of high school, right out of junior college. Uh, not the, you know, for, for such a long time, everybody <laughs> the mantra was go to university, get an education, have a great life, right? Go to university, get an education, university education, have a great life, which is still true for, you know, doctors and lawyers and engineers and such, but there's a vast, you know, for every um, post master's or doctorate degree job out there, there's two bachelor's degree and there's seven uh, skilled jobs out there. And so the skilled jobs are available, but we haven't been teaching anybody any skills to fill those jobs. And so things like construction, auto work, um, uh, emergency services, uh, what else do we got? We have uh, culinary. So all these courses and pathways that kids are taking taking in high school now can get them a well-paying uh, job right out of high school or out out of uh, community college when they finish their get their certificates and so forth. So it's, it's getting them on a path to a life a lot sooner, mm-hmm. and without necessarily going into a lot of debt. And it's just the you know back when I was in high school, we took electives, and I took an auto restoration class, a photography class, and now those things are counting for credit toward your college degree or. Uh, you can get a certificated, and so you know again, not too long after you finish high school you can you can get into a well paying job um, and uh, start your life a lot uh, a lot sooner without going into a bunch of uh, college university debt so my my job is to basically work with those students, work with those teachers, expand the program, and to um, just really in my mind to make high school relevant, a lot more relevant to these um, kids who, uh, you know, we're in a in a, an economically uh, challenged area, a lot of poverty up here in the North State, and um, it's just a, a real practical way to do school, I think, for, for a lot of people. Not everybody, you know, some people, we need doctors and lawyers and all that stuff too, but um, for the ones who... Uh, Just prefer to, you know, have a good blue collar job. Just give them the skills and let them go, you know? Yeah,
1: you're telling me, Todd, that kids are learning specific skills that they will use in their adult life uh, and not, you know, a a math equation or a a science uh, experiment necessarily. Sounds absurd to me that you can (laughs) learn skills that you can use in the adult world. Now, that's not to say that I didn't have... Uh, experiences that I remember now from my days in biology or chemistry had some have had some teachers on to kind of joke about some of those days with me but there is something to be said about learning something specific that will help you later in life I mean as and and for me right, right now I I, have a, I got a college degree taught I'm I'm working at FedEx right now I mean there's no you, you just never know where life's going to take you but it sounds like the work you're doing is getting kids off to a good start and in a right direction
0: yeah, and definitely, um, you know, it's also the other way. They get into something. Hey, I thought I might like to be, you know, be an architect, and you know, it's not for me. So, yeah, it kind of saves saves you money and time in that in mm-hmm. that way as well. And and I'm with you. You know, like a lot of times during my education, I'm like, um, you know, why am I learning this? Uh, how's it gonna help me? Uh, and as a, as an adult, you you appreciate the things you've learned. know in science and all that thing because it it makes you smarter but uh again having more practical stuff skills that uh will always be needed um and uh you know not just the physical skill but a big part of the program which i'm you know it's kind of up my alley is the so-called soft skills or things like teamwork like uh integrity like uh work ethic. That's also part of CTE classes and courses, what we're teaching as well. So um, kind of the stuff you learn as an athlete, um, by being on a team, we're implementing in the classroom and uh, trying to do um, competitions and there's, there's competitions, white competitions on all this stuff. So we, it uh, offers like leadership positions to have clubs and things and, and those things as well. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, it's, it's really, really good program.
1: Competitions are still allowed. Like <laughs> as far as like compete, like winning and losing and all that, I, didn't, I thought that was outlawed, especially in California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, I guess the government just hasn't, hasn't got the, got the word about this program yet. Yeah.
1: They'll, they'll get there. Well,
0: skills USA, skills USA is, is uh, an amazing program that, uh, allows schools to compete, in over 130 different categories uh first you go to your region then you go to your state and then you go to your, your nationals just like uh oh, wow. you know permit. so like robotics or um medical care you know it's 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 uh it's real exciting
1: oh man that's great stuff and and i think the practicality Teaching, uh, you know, practical skills and everything is wonderful. You, you got any, you guys got any classes about common sense or anything like that? We, we do need some of that more in the country these days.
0: Well, yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm in, I have to, I'm starting teaching a class um, next week, which is called ready for work. And it is building a lot of those skills, you know, again, um, being the society, the way it's kind of evolved lately is a lot of these skills were taught by, you know, parents in the home, but Mm -hmm. now kids maybe have one parent who works two jobs and, and these things, these common sense things, um, you know, it's not uncommon. I was talking to, uh, someone who runs a McDonald's and they said, it's not uncommon up here for, to hire a high school guy for four weeks, he'll come and then he'll just stop showing up. He said, that's not uncommon where, you know, common sense wise is, Okay, you say you're going to do a job and you sign a contract, you're going to be there. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's uh, it's not necessarily going to do as good a job as, as parents will do, but, uh, you know, at least it's a start and uh, it's going to be an improvement.
1: Well, there's a couple things that come to mind when with what you just said. And uh, number one is that with school works, especially, whether it be high school or college, I think in doing subjects that you really don't like, or you just want to kind of get through, it teaches you that a big part of life is doing things. You don't want to do things that are put in front of you, getting through obstacles or whatever, you know, no one wants to, uh, you know, be be held responsible if the business fails or in your case, no one wants to uh, have a terrible situation with their, their daughter um, that has worked out since, but, you know, it teaches you that sometimes in life, you got to do things you don't want to do. So I do think that is something beneficial through school. But what you guys are doing, uh, it sounds a lot, very similar to kind of some of the foundation of Care Youth League, Todd, like in a sense that Care Youth League, to me, from my understanding, was kind of there for kids early in the early days who who had kind of this uh, broken home, it was a place for kids to go and learn a lot of different skills. Mostly sports, but a lot of different skills. Do you see kind of similarities there?
0: Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I've, uh, you know, I'm saving a file to to give to uh, Real Hondo just uh, because I think there are some students in Real Hondo who, you know, don't necessarily like the athletics or you know they just don't kind of fit the eighty percent mold of uh, being a great team member, but uh, you know they're still souls and they're still valuable people. And um, if this program could be implemented sometime down there, I think we could uh, really help uh, some of those kids. But um, you know, absolutely. The just to your point about uh, life's hard. And, uh, I think it was, I saw a poster that said, uh, and it's a lot harder if you're stupid. Um, it's a John Wayne quote. Um, but we still,
1: we still share John Wayne quotes. I don't know if if that's allowed or not. I don't care. You you can't on this show. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, so, you know, just to take that to another level, it's like, okay, I'm in a situation that I prefer not to be. What can I gain from it? How can Mm -hmm. I benefit from it? And, um, You know, I've just been, I've been kind of bummed since we aren't coaching athletics, but, you know, just kind of flip that on its head. It's like, uh, man, I really get to pour into my kids and spending so much more time with them during this, you know, really crucial time of life. And uh, so that's kind of the way I try to go through anything. You know, I was, as a classroom teacher, again, it's not my favorite thing, but what can I Mm -hmm. learn from here? That uh, I can apply to coaching, and it's been very valuable to be in the classroom. Um, it's just because you know, the classroom you have people who don't want to be there a lot, and trying to motivate them, trying to um, get them to uh, expand their uh, worldview and, and what's important, and how to be a part of a, a community and a society, society classroom, etc. So, yeah, I mean, just really, just um, really, kind of, kind of flipping a negative and making it a positive, uh, if you can, is is something that uh, I think is also a way to grow as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, man! And uh, you know, you and I are big sports guys. It's been hard for me over the years to kind of gradually step away from sports, mostly in the officiating world. I hated giving up coaching, but I found a new direction, a new passion. And it sounds like, you know, everyone who knows you, Todd, is that you are a coach to the core. You love being on a field, whether it be uh, practicing a drill or, uh, you know, working on the field of maintenance itself, just anything really. You love being around the, the, the sports world, and I'm sure it's tough for you, as you just said, really in not having that opportunity. But I'm sure it'll come again sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. So you step away and, and get back into it, I'm sure by, uh, by uh, next season, hopefully. Um, let me ask you this, Todd, have you listened? Well, I know you do listen. You're a big, uh, one of our top listeners on the podcast. Who have been some of the people you've been listening to or have liked uh, the most uh, in the past month since we've talked to you?
0: Well, you know, um, since I've, you know, I've gotten back to work, I haven't been as uh, faithful, but I do, you know, have a 20-minute ride into work when I go. Sometimes I work from home. So I got at least 40 minutes of uh, Get Home Safe podcast um, (laughs) a day. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, I always – just some of the recent ones. I mean, you know, Taylor, just to see how well he's doing. Mm -hmm. Man, that guy, uh, who would have thought. You know, Bill's – it's nice to – Lost steam with bill uh, <laughs> uh yeah, my brother i always enjoy hearing that i was mm-hmm. uh, thinking maybe you're gonna bring him on each monday just to talk a little bit of football but i guess we have to wait until his seasons uh up and running and yep. then some of the the professionals i'm not good at remembering names i just love hearing uh about people who reached the top mm-hmm. and what they had to do to get there and some of the ideas and philosophies it takes to be a success in any realm. Um, no names popping off, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't, can't, uh, but, uh, I always, I always enjoy, enjoy those as well.
1: Oh man, you are, you're a busy man with four kids and a busy job. And I appreciate all the support. You always give me positive feedback there's times I ask you, hey, what'd you think of this segment or whatever? And you always get to it eventually, which I appreciate, my friend. And it's, uh, you told me back in April, hey, give this a go. Just go for it. And so I've been doing it. I'm not getting rich off it or anything, but I enjoy doing this. It's been so much fun chatting with people and, and yeah, hearing the, the people that have been so successful. And you hear very constant themes. You know, it was all about the people I surrounded myself with. Um, I got opportunities. I made the most of, of chances and this and that. So it's just really cool to, to hear constant themes and everything. Um, I will say, well, let me, let me see as we bounce it around here. So talking about podcasts, uh, years ago, you were somebody that got me in, uh, kind of got the ball. I'd always liked sports talk radio. That was cool. But you kind of got me the ball rolling with like, Uh, I'll call it political uh, radio if you want. I don't know another term, but uh, one guy in particular was Dennis Prager. And I don't remember how old I was. I was probably in college when I was coaching with you. And you said, Dennis Prager, you got to listen to this guy. And he's somebody that I listen to every day now uh, or the next day whenever I can fit it in. And you know he's someone that I think everyone out there could benefit from. He always makes me feel calmer but at the same time more fired up like his delivery his approach to everything is just so wonderful his big thing is he he prefers clarity over agreement i think that that's huge he's all you know he, he's a calm guy he's a, a nice jewish man from uh, los angeles here an older guy but someone that's had tremendous influence on me what can you tell me about your thoughts on someone like dennis prager who you've listened to a lot over the years
0: well, uh, yeah, no doubt he uh, he's able to articulate um, a lot of the values that I hold. And so I listened to him to kind of say, um, well, okay, I have this belief about whatever, say abortion. I can't really articulate um, if I were to get in discussion with somebody, uh I can't always articulate how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling, but he has provided that for me on a lot of issues where, um, you know, I can go, Oh, that's his explanation. It jives with, because he's a really big, uh, you know, student of the Bible. And so a lot of his values come from the Bible and so do mine, but they've kind of just, um, Articulating and writing about them or discussing them has never been something that I've been very strong at. So, um, and you know, since the whole podcast world, I've got I got into podcast pretty much because of Get Home Safe. You know, I wasn't really a big podcast guy, but um, now I've found podcasts that's the way to go mm-hmm. um, because you know you send me some of the shows, Dennis's shows, and an hour takes only thirty minutes on the version you send me cutting out all the you know and you got to listen to all his small talk and so forth but podcast it kind of just gets to the point right away and even more so is uh twitter that's really where i get a lot of my information now because uh just time i don't have time to listen to prager or sit down and watch uh the news so i'll my routine is basically check twitter see what's going on in the world and uh watch maybe a a few clips at night before bed and that's how I kind of stay informed um so yeah he's you know obviously I'm praying for him um but he is uh the the one thing I also appreciate about Dennis Prager is he's always respectful Mm -hmm. and um because if you're acrimonious or disrespectful or rude you're probably going to have a harder time changing people's minds about things and um kind of that's that's kind of the game we're in we want to we want to change people's minds about things we don't want to alienate them so they just dig in further and so that's why I really like him as opposed to um some other people as far as you know if I'm going to recommend somebody to listen yeah. to somebody who who talks about conservative values I would start there because uh you know he's 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 not going to just right off the bat offend you no he
1: he has a calmness like i said he he gets fired up too, but he knows how, to, I think like almost like from a, an, a referee standpoint, he has a gr- he would have a great demeanor. He knows how to have a conversation, even an argument and trade off who talks. And he'll even say that, hey, I let you talk now it's my turn. Like, it, it's just little things he does. And yeah, Judeo-Christian values being kind of the foundation of our of our country and everything, he's just, he's very big on that. And it, it's great that even Dennis has people that, you don't agree with on all, all topics, but he, he's able to get along with people. I mean, I don't know why in today's world, we can't do that. We, we disagree with someone on one subject and it's like, I hate you. I hate you forever. I can't, or who you support or whatever. Uh, a great thing about Dennis Prager for guys like you, Todd, guys on the go is that he does uh, one, he does a weekly podcast, the fireside chat that gives you about 30, 40 minutes. It's just, it's just him at his house Uh, outside of his radio show he you know he does that he also does these five minute PragerU videos that are five minute videos that really get to the point of a subject or a topic and it could be about anything it could be about police brutality it could be about um, politics in sports there's so many different topics and if you got five minutes Uh, a day or whatever you can watch him and learn something from him so I think there's a lot of different options from guys like Dennis Prager uh, for guys like you and me who maybe are on the go a lot
0: yeah and uh, ironically I was listening to uh, one of his fireside chats yesterday on the way home because Bill's uh, episode wasn't out yet and uh, he was talking about why he thinks his theory which I'm not sure you know a lot of 30s brings up I go oh, I'm not sure about that but then I start thinking about <laughs> it and I'm like well maybe uh, he says the, the reason we're so uh, combative today in our public discourse he goes it started back in the 60s when we started accepting public profanity and he's like um, you know before people swore but they they did it in you know private situations and things like that but when we as a society started accepting profanity and media and things like that um he said that kind of started at least publicly the degradation of our conversation so um yeah that's that's just that's just interesting
1: oh yeah it's it's a lot of points like that and you know i think he says uh, you know basically with change isn't an immediate thing there's it's a gradual change you know it's first it's it goes like you said Okay, hey, don't say that that word in front of your mother. Okay, hey, don't say that word out in public. Hey, don't say that. It's a gradual process with that particular subject. And it's that way with so many different things. I think he does a great job of of putting things, again, clear for everyone. Even people who disagree with him to see and be like, okay, now, now it's your turn to decide uh, if that makes sense to you or not. So I love listening to him. Uh, I, I had some time away from him, really, because I didn't he has a podcast that is out there. I think you have to pay, it's like five bucks a month or something or 60 for the year. And his thing is I'm not looking to make a profit. It's just people care more if they pay for something, you know, and I was like, okay, that's a fancy little way to, <laughs> to advertise. Uh, so, but it's the best money I've ever spent. Cause I, I don't have time to listen to a three hour show on live radio. Podcast form is great. There's plenty of great free podcasts out there though. And we'll talk about a few other ones here. Uh, One of Dennis's really good friends, as an example, is Adam Carolla. And Adam Carolla is a comedian. Uh, He's an atheist. Uh, But he has, like, this conservative approach. He's he's become more conservative, I think, over the course of time. And you look at, like, that combination, Dennis and Adam Carolla, like two guys that are pretty opposite, but yet they find – Common values, and and I don't listen to Adam Carolla a bunch, but every now and then he has an interview that I like uh, that I want to listen to, and and so like I mean Adam Carolla, Todd, I mean have you listened to him
0: him at all? Uh, yeah, and uh, he said it once himself. He goes, I think what is appealing about him is he doesn't have the whole religious upbringing mm-hmm. of that someone like Dennis or myself has he just comes to these conclusions through what he sees as common sense and um, it's good to uh, it's good to hear it from that perspective and because he changes he doesn't say it like you or I would say it because he's not thinking about it like that he's he's thinking about it from a common sense approach versus a well this is kind of how God uh, um, designed society so it's it must be the best way where he'll say you know something about just take for instance uh marriage and uh you know he's just like you know i'm not against gay marriage but all things being equal uh it's better to have a woman and a man raising a child you know and um i'm like yeah i mean that's that makes sense um and so you know he uh yeah he's great he's a genius on some of these interviews like you'll send to me or, or whatever, where he sits down with, uh, Candace Owens or Chuckle Carlson. Those are the, the good ones. Um, yeah, he's just, he comes from it from an atheist perspective. Now I tried to listen to his podcast, but, um, again, he, when he goes into the co- comedian mode, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> he, tends to, <laughs> he tends to, uh, be, uh, some people call it adult content and I, I like to call it as, uh, middle school teenage boy content yes but, i agree uh, uh so i kind of just you know i don't really have time or desire to listen to that but uh i don't know i keep telling you to watch um uh what's that movie the hammer oh, oh the hammer a comedy <laughs> yeah he played as an actor i gotta
1: check yeah. that out yeah for sure
0: yeah some, someday you'll watch it and uh because one podcast you had your, your list of top five or ten sports movies and and I watched one of them. I go, the hammer's got to be above that for sure. So, <laughs> uh, so since then I've been buggy about that. But you know, oh, it's nice. It. It's just Adam Carolla being his off-the-cuff guy, and it's, it's a pretty good story too. And not high production quality, but um, some sweet <laughs> moments. And so, uh, yeah, um, Adam Carolla. I think he's th- th- another thing that Prager says. You know, another. You know, he Prager will say something. You'll be like thinking about it. You're like is that really true? And then you go like, yeah, I think it is. And, and that is uh, he says the least common virtue is, is courage. And uh, so I had to think about that one for a while. Uh, but Adam Carolla has courage, you know, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's not going to be canceled. He'll stand up to the bully. And so I really admire him for that.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I want to go, you know, like you just said, I don't agree with everything Adam Carolla says by any means. And yeah, he does get a little childish with his humor and stuff that I, some of his topics I'm like, okay, really? But again, the comp, the topic kind of with us right now is, is finding values really of people that you don't agree with on everything, which, which we lack today. And and I think that Adam Carolla is a great example. I don't, I don't uh, worship the guy or, or listen to every second of his episodes, but I did love his interview with Larry Elder, Candace Owens. Uh, you mentioned Tucker Car- he, he interviewed Jason Whitlock, uh, some other comedians too, which is fun, but it's just so cool to see when the topics get serious that, okay, this is someone, as you mentioned, that has a little bit of common sense, even though some of his listeners are probably like, Oh, why are you turning into this guy? And you're, but uh, anyway, uh, speaking of Jason Whitlock and uh, you know, Clay Travis, uh, Whitlock works for Clay Travis, but I've just found this new interest in sports over the past few months from a very different perspective. Uh, Clay Travis is the uh, owner of Outkick the Coverage, great radio show. I listened to it in podcast form. He brought on Jason Whitlock a couple months ago to put out articles and come on his po- or his radio show, also do his own kind of podcast thing. And I just love that you know Jason Whitlock's little video podcast is called Fearless. And I think he is fearless in today's age. And and Clay Travis, again, I don't agree with everything that guy says. But I love those guys, listening to those guys and how they are not going to be bullied by the the woke uh, media, the, the way the sports world has gone. They call it out for what it is. And I've really enjoyed listening to those guys or, or seeing what they write. Uh, do you have any uh, comments on guys like Clay Travis and Jason Whitlock?
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, of course – T- Turn me on to both of them. Uh, Jason Whitlock, uh, especially on issues of race, um, he is uh, hes so clear. He's so interesting. When you hear him interviewed, it's never like, er, uh, er, this, that, you know. Um, and he's so, he has, uh, both of those guys, by the way, get hammered yeah. <laughs> by mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jason Wicklock is black and they call him all the names that they call uh, black conservatives. Um, but, uh, you know, Clay Travis, I think um, he's grown in, in a lot of uh, very popular. His show's very, very popular. A lot of people leaving ESPN and going mm-hmm. to him um, again. He's bright guy and uh, actually had the president on his podcast or his radio show a couple times, which was yeah. interesting. Um, but, uh, I listen to him for, for a little bit, but, uh, Jason Whitlock, I could, I could read and listen to all day because, uh, again, I think he has such credibility when it comes to issues, especially on race in America. And, um, you know, of course, his sports knowledge, which, uh, I hear occasionally and, um, don't always agree with that, but um, yeah, those, those are two guys. That I'm thankful that I, you've turned me on to.
1: Yeah. Whitlock's, Whitlock has an article out every single day and it's always a pretty quick read. And so I try to read that. I mean, he's, he's great. It's fantastic. And then Clay Travis, if you don't have time to listen to his podcast that is, you know, hour and a half or whatever, He also puts out an Outkick the Show podcast in the afternoon. It's like 20 minutes, 15 minutes even. And so I like these guys that put out alternative options really for people on the go. Uh, I think that's the world we're in these days where he can kind of sum up a lot of his radio show discussion in 15 minutes or whatever when you're driving to work and this and that. So uh, who else, Todd? Who who else are some other influences uh, in, you know, formerly in radio, but in podcasts. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I, I like, uh, let's see. I like Ben Shapiro. Um, Matt Walsh is a big one. Uh, Oh, Dan Bongino. He, he has an hour show every day and his, he's fantastic. But again, these are just some people that I bounce around with. Um, I'm probably most loyal to the Clay Travis and the Dennis Prager. I try to listen to those two shows every day, or at least the day after. Uh, but who are some of the other people maybe you find interesting, even even if you haven't listened to them in a while?
0: Yeah, uh, well, you know Clay Travis. What I liked about his uh, Outkick the Show every day he he'd go over the Corona virus uh, statistics, and so that was good to <laughs> you know keep up with that. Um, again, most of most of my people I I'll get information from is by Twitter. So um, and then Mark Levin. He's on the radio, but yeah. uh, he he's also on Parler, which is kind of an alternative to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll go over there. And, you know, he's one of those guys that's just really aggressive that I think <laughs> is uh, an off-putter to someone who's maybe in the – doesn't agree or whatever. But I'll, I'll read a lot of his stuff. Um, Shapiro, um, I wish he would – you know, you wish a lot of these people could advise the president on some things because he's got a lot of – he points out a lot of the weaknesses of the president. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Elder, again, oh, yeah. really good on, on uh, race and uh, e- economics. Um, Hugh Hewitt. Uh, those are just kind of people I follow on Twitter. Um, anybody else? That's 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 pretty much it. I'd say a lot of Mark Levin. A lot of, um let's see, With Candace in, Owens. I'll follow. Oh yeah. And then I'll just get stuff from you every day or every other, you know. <laughs> and I'll always watch that because I know it's uh, you've gone through it, and, you, and I know it's going to be good and not a waste of time. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I trust.
1: We try to communicate. It. Now, I, you know, what's fun for me is, as I've this, because I started podcasting too, I just love hearing audio. I could sit here and watch the same conversations in, on YouTube channels, which I do sometimes, but I love sticking in my earpiece and just walking around, whether I'm going on a walk or driving to work or man, even watching a ball game, I'll put the, the sound on mute and I'll, I'll listen to, to podcasts and some of these, it's just, I feel better. I feel more informed. Plus, I learned a few things about how to, how to uh, you know, uh, be better at, at this task as well. It's just so much fun hearing people, so informative. And yes, the different styles. You know, Mark Levin is very different than Dennis Prager. He's, he brings the fire a little bit more. And, and we need that. We need various, uh, you know, in, information sent to us different ways. If every single teacher in your school was exactly the same, that would be boring you know you want to hear uh kind of different sides of
0: things so right. and they have they have different expertise too so that's
1: oh, yeah that's cool.
0: um, oh absolutely guy you know I'll, I'll do this mostly every night um is tucker carlson on his uh i don't watch fox news i don't have fox news but i will watch his usually about six to ten minute monologue or intro to his show mm-hmm. and that's always really really good mm-hmm. um, He's one that uh again, that's usually something I'll do pretty much every day. Um, see what he's saying because uh it's it's usually very, very interesting, important stuff that he's saying.
1: Yes. And I'll just look up YouTube. And it's right to the point. Yes, I, I agree. Tucker Carlson and the left, the left absolutely hates him, as well as many of the other people we've mentioned. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh it uh, sometimes <laughs> you you carry the the workload and you got to be at the the front of the conflict. You're going to get some bullets thrown at you too. Um, Well, Todd, let's talk about a a rather serious subject now. Um, Something that you were willing to talk about that um, I I was a little surprised, but uh, it's something I've kind of known about you for a long time, being as close of friends as we are. Um, And you're willing to, to kind of bring this up and chat about it. We don't have to go into great detail, but Talk to me a little bit about, um, at least in recent history, uh, you have had some issues with depression in the past, not necessarily currently, but there was a time where you kind of struggled with some depression issues. And what can you kind of summarize for us about your issues, kind of a timeline and kind of what got you through some of the tough times and to kind of where you're feeling so much better now?
0: yeah um it started I was about 25 or 26 you know just starting you know out of college and out of kind of uh our HLA which is like you know the community I had that was built in um so you know you're kind of on your own and this this depression just started hitting me and um it was baffling it was uh it was uh i didn't I didn't understand anything about it, and then I really thought well um you know this is something i'm a I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I have a strong faith in God, and um there must be something wrong that I'm doing that I'm suffering this way, and so I um had that mentality which I think getting through depression uh is something I learned and something that uh, is important for people to know who are suffering de- from depression. Um, you know, there's this whole stigma out there about it and it's, it's going away because uh, people are a lot more willing to talk about it, but it's like, if you have depression, there must be something wrong with you. Um, and um, so, you know, five, 10 years of trying to not really deal with it, trying to get rid of it. Yes. But not really, um, investigate and understand it and then you go up and down in medicines and trying to find the right one and see doctors etc and it's just a long haul and it's not like every day's um the dumps but uh and certainly uh being busy was a big strategy of mine um but uh yeah it was you know since I was uh that age it's been a sometimes huge issue in my life um and other times just you know you manage it and um but at its worst it's like yeah you the only thing that saved me from suicide was my faith i i go i know this can't be god's will for me to take my own life and that is the only thing between me and suicide um many times and then you know kind of the other down parts you just don't really enjoy anything things you used to love like I don't know, going to the USC football game, and uh, you're just like, yeah, you know, um, and it's different for everybody. That's another thing I found out, um, so <clears throat> basically what happened to me this last uh, December, January, is um, I had connected with somebody in my church who had gone through similar things, and they said, this guy can take care of it. This doctor up in Oregon can take care of it, and I, I'm like, okay, I've heard that, you know, a million times, and I've just, I had just come to the point where this is my life, Um, you know, rapture come as soon as you can, because I don't want to be here, Um, but, uh, you know, I've just got to learn how to manage it, and try to uh, mitigate it as best I can, but this is my life, so anyways, I went to this doctor up in Oregon, who um, had just has uh, an alternative views of things and she's willing to try anything. And she, the first time I get there in December, she's like, we're going to fix you. And I, you know, I didn't believe her. Um, but, uh, I'd also been fortunate enough to see something on, um, it was a Ted talk by a guy who studied and took pictures of the brain. And, uh, his name's Doctor Amen, as in Amen at the end of a prayer, and uh, he said we're doing great things in this area. His, I guess, his nephew was suicidal, really young, and that really lit a fire under him. And his nephew's doing great now. But he goes, that's the the depression, anxiety, and all that stuff. That's something that you know, if you have a broken leg, you're going to take an X-ray and look at it. But depression is really the only disease in the medical field where we just treat the symptoms and, and never treat the root of the problem. And um, there are psychological issues with it well, and there's counseling for that. But quite honestly, again, for me, I'm not saying this for everybody else, um, none of that really made a difference. I went to psychologists and uh, talking about my childhood or you know traumatic things you experienced and it didn't like, um, it didn't help the issue um, you know it's always good to explore those things but some people repress it and so they say you know they had a bad childhood experience and then they they don't ever think about it and it's just something that just weighs them down but for me it wasn't any of that I mean I had you know as far as I learned you know I had dealt with all that stuff sufficiently and um, but we actually went down to, to Dr. Amen last November, or you know, early fall. And he took a brain scan of um, several, several brain scans. Um, and this wasn't cheap. Um, and um, I actually talked to that guy who was not him, but his uh, offices about my brain. And they said, what you have is, you have some brain trauma from concussions or brain injuries that um, so they could see my brain they could see where it was misformed um, they asked about my history yeah I played football um, got knocked out in baseball got knocked out in a diving accident um, and uh, but they could they could point to my brain and show me this this part of your brain is damaged now their solution was way more expensive than I could afford because they deal with former NFL players and things like that. So I was kind of stuck after that. I'm like, well, now, so what do I do? I just, um, so, but then right at this time comes this doctor from Oregon who prescribes to me um, Adderall. And Adderall is for ADHD kids. They put them on that and uh, narcolepsy, which is people who uh, can fall asleep at any moment's notice. And ironically, you know, me, like, I can fall asleep anywhere. I never, (laughs) myself, you know, I never, like, just fell asleep during class or anything like that, Um, but, uh, you know, and I was always felt I was, I was always itchy in class, and before, you know, in my time, they didn't really diagnose ADHD, and um, we definitely had some family history of depression, but long story short, this, this Adderall, which is a controlled substance, um, you know, during the riots, people would go into drugstores and steal it, um, has made the, the difference in my life. Um, I'm now uh, 180 degrees um, what I was for the past, you know, 20 years. And um, I can enjoy my kids. I can enjoy sports. I can enjoy um, anything. I mean, it was at the point, Matt, and you know me, like, I get a text, hey, we're playing basketball, uh, eight o'clock, and I just wouldn't want to go. And that's just, uh, you know, that's, I've always said, if I had a last day on earth, it would be playing basketball. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's just changed me to back to who I think I was meant to be and really am. And like I said, I learned um, a ton about it and really want to be a resource for anybody who's, uh, who, who's gone through it. Um, you know, there's a lot more to the story Mm -hmm. that I want to tell and write down. Um, but you know, some people, my friends, family, who know, this, have called and asked, Hey, I have this issue. What do you think? And a lot of times it's like, I don't know. Um, because everybody's so different, Mm -hmm. but this is what it was like for me. And maybe that that'll help. So, um, that's kind of the, the timeline. Um, and, uh, You know, I'm really, really a completely different person. So I'm, I'm, I really want to coach now, (laughs) you know, I really want to do these things, get back in the fight. uh, um, And uh, it's just, uh, it's made a world of difference. So if I could, my story could be an encouragement to someone out there, Uh, by by all means, get in touch with me if you have uh, some questions, uh, because like I say, you go from, Wanting to die to uh never thinking about death. I haven't thought about death, you know, in six months or more. And that's 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 really uh different for my life.
1: Well, I I'm really happy for you, Todd. Uh you and I have talked about this over the years, uh privately quite a bit. And um you know, I know most people, most of the kids you've coached, all the different influence, they know the type of guy you are. They know you're a fighter and a uh, you know, tough guy at heart. And uh, if they only knew really uh, the side of you kind of that you were going through all those, all those years, and I am just so happy that you have this new energy. Uh, one thing I want to kind of ask you and kind of, I guess, discuss is that, you know, you mentioned that it's very different for all different types of people but one thing I, th- I think that a lot of people find that's common is that people that are going through depression, you can't always see the signs. Like people can come across very happy and full of energy and joy. And I think most people saw you that way as a coach, uh, as a, a T, te- whatever you were doing in the band. Uh, so for people to hear that you were kind of going through that. I'm sure it's surprising to a lot of people. And I only bring it up because there's got to be a lot of other people out there who on the outside, they look fine. They look like they're the life of the party. They look like they're full of energy and just like, Hey, life is great. But on the inside is where they're really hurting. So is, you said it's a lot of different types of people, a lot of different issues, but isn't that something that we should all kind of be aware of that people uh it's more than just kind of the exterior with people because every time you hear this oh i had no idea that person was was down you know and just because they seem like such a fun person and i mean what can you speak on to that
0: yeah 100 um i've had the exact same experience where oh that guy that guy suffered with depression. And to me, it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, my dad's family, uh, it, they, they were heavy drinkers. And um, so it, it kind of makes sense that uh, what they did to deal with it was to escape that way. My escape was uh, sleeping <laughs> um, but my dad would always say, and I think Prager, um, Prager would, you know, he, he iterated as well as, um, number one, you know, part of being human is to not inflict your pain on other people, right? If you're in a bad mood, it's like a bad odor, you know, don't make other people suffer because you're having a bad day. And my dad would say, you know, you gotta, it's the fake it till you make it type thing. He's like, I find that when you act happy, you become happier. And so it's a mental battle inside every person. Um, Did I lose you? No, you're here. Okay. Inside every person uh, has to make that decision. And For me, um, and what does help is activity keeping your mind engaged. It's just very difficult to take that first step. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel like just calling in sick today. But again, because of my um, love and desire to um, do what God wanted me to do, and I felt there were people counting on me, that would get me over that hump and <clears throat> I get going throughout the day and sure enough, I'd be feeling better. Um, and, uh, it's still, you know, because again, I'll wake up feeling rotten, but I'll immediately pop the medicine Adderall in and 30 to minutes later to an hour. I'm, and my wife can see it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just totally different, but, um, So, um, yeah, you, you, you won't always be able to tell, uh, especially if it's not someone who is chronic, like, um, you know, who lives with it throughout their life because they, they've decided that the best way to get through it is to meet it head on. And, um, and when you do that, it tends to kind of snap you out of it um, for that day. Um, that's what that's what I I think, and um, you know, being in coaching, um, there's a lot of pressure that I love, and then there's some pressure that I don't love. And I honestly, you know, was coaching at Rio, and um, I honestly thought, you know, I'm kind of in my almost in my dream job you know I wanted to do basketball at Rio and BDAD and but I was close I was doing baseball and um but I was just miserable (laughs) and I go well maybe it's the pressure of coaching Mm -hmm. so I made the hard very hard decision to stop coaching and um nope that wasn't it you know I got on my (laughs) next job and, and crashed and uh came up here and and crashed um and so uh, that's good to know. That something I really enjoy is not the cause of my misery. But um, you know, everybody uh, finds a way. A lot of times they're putting on a on a show, which is admirable. Um, and then I think for a lot of people, it's uh, being out of out of uh, being in both a support group and out of the people. You don't have to perform. For for as much as possible and so uh, my support was really my dad because he has some issues like that and my the rest of my family and then some friends Um, but if I could just separate from the world for a while um, that would that would help that was um, because it's uh, even for normal people just to be uh, working 40 hours a week or more and having to perform uh that's uh that's hard in itself um but um uh, i guess my my answer is uh yeah everybody's different just um if someone ever does talk to you about it just tread lightly um yeah try not to um tr- try not to uh give advice or identify mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just just Listen and try to understand um, their pain, and then um, you'll be surprised at uh, how much help you can be to someone just by knowing it and um, being there for them.
1: I think that's uh, very informative stuff, and yeah, I think a lot of people, whatever the subject, uh, you know, hey, I understand what you're going through. No, most people don't. Uh, And you're right about listening, listening and learning, I think is so important to, uh, to people. Uh, If they just listen, they can learn a lot more. It's self explanatory, but um, Todd, this isn't an easy subject. I appreciate you talking about it and being open with people because maybe there is a person or two out there who, who hears kind of what you've gone through your story, if you will, and maybe they step forward and uh, seek out some help uh, I know you 're someone who 's always willing to talk to to people, so for those listening uh, you 've already said it, but guys if if, if uh, you 're out there and you want to talk to Todd privately i 'm sure he 'd be more than willing to chat with you about this stuff uh, um, having gone through some of those feelings and everything. I mean, are those your thoughts Todd
0: Yeah, and you know it 's probably more than a couple people you know they say one in four uh, people have some sort of uh, mental struggles, uh, dysfunction. So, um, but anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, there's also obviously professionals, um, that you should seek if you can, but, uh, you know, in me you have someone who's gone through it and and can uh, possibly be some help. Oh,
1: absolutely. You've helped so many people, Todd, in, in so many different areas of life a lot of boys uh have turned into men because of you and uh, have done great things on the in the uh in their life whether it be you know a career or business and it, so many life lessons from the uh, athletic fields and everything some of my fondest memories too they still feel like yesterday man uh the 7th grade 7th grade football and i mean one of the first practices i had you as a coach you told me hey you got to get a haircut you got to you got to <laughs> cu- you cut your hair your hair's uh, you had i had some stupid uh uh, what do you call it step cut or something and you're like yeah your hair's different than the rest of the team and i was like what me me i don't have a radical haircut what are you talking about so anyway some fun memories uh of coaching man and uh you know one thing you called me out on was it the last show we did i think you talked about how i have i'm very famous for uh twisting words or phrases around
0: <laughs> I don't know how yeah, I you know uh, your, your subscription to Prager's, uh either $5 a month or $60 a year or something like that, you know,
1: <laughs> well, wait, was that math, right? I don't know. what's right. <laughs> that was
0: exactly right. You oh. said it today. Yeah. It's, it's actually both. It's $5 a month or $12 or $60 a year, 12 months. <laughs> well, yeah, you could pay
1: it in a bulk sum is what I meant or whatever. Okay. I think, yeah, Anyway, no, you, you always, usually we're having a Philly's, uh, best sandwich, uh, when you're in town, uh, we were joking about something or other sharing a memory. Yeah. I, I just Yogi Bear. for you, for those of you who uh, don't know who Yogi Bear is, look him up. He was always having phrases and, and switching things around. And I, remember when we went to Omaha, Todd, we were right. I was writing down quotes, either things we heard from people or things I, I stupidly said, and it was quite fun, uh. <laughs> On the car ride.
0: Love I love it.
1: <laughs> well, my, well, my friend. Anything else? Um, as we kind of wrap it up here, it's been a, a great conversation, very informative, and I really hope some people out there have have learned a few things from listening to it uh, to us today.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I just I think I speak for a lot of people when we just say thank you um, for doing it. Keep it up. Um, yeah, I mean. I know you try work really really hard to get people on but it's such a a great thing to hear hear about people and hear their stories so mm-hmm. as much as you can keep it up and I'll keep uh pushing those people you've asked me to reach out to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you're one of my uh yeah, you're one of my associates in helping send people
0: my way cuz I'm, I'm part of the we that you refer to all the time. You right. When you say that we here at Get Home Safe uh <laughs> i was like who's talking about besides himself, but anyways
1: well you know me todd i'm not i'm a team guy I'm, I'm not a me guy i'm i'm a we not me guy uh so it's it's hard to talk about myself and but but being on this thing it's been a little little easier to share some viewpoints and everything so yeah todd is is a is an unpaid associate <laughs> as, as all of us are here at the get home safe podcast so uh, thank you for your assistance in reaching out to people and uh, pushing them my direction because some people are still hesitant to come on. Anyway, we'll get some more guests out. We're going to have you back very soon. It won't be uh, a few more months before we get you back. I think a lot of listeners enjoy listening to, to you. That's what I always say, too, if you've noticed. I always say, yeah, uh, to all of our guests out there, thank you for <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. always call the listeners guests. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, i I've- it's all good. And uh, hello to everybody. And uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope I'm interesting. I, I know I find, you know, everybody interesting you bring on. So uh, <laughs> awesome. it's, it, it's the, you know, and I think it, it's because you, you do know how to interview and you get uh, some good questions. And so it's not it's not boring. And um, so, yeah, just <laughs> just keep it up as long as you can, bro. Thank you, my friend. We will chat, uh, I hope, sooner than later. All right. Take care.
1: A big thank you to my good friend, Todd Carson, for coming on the program today. It was a lot of fun catching up with you. It's been a few months. Uh, we know you were on the program back in April and again uh, a few months later, but it was just a blast to catch up with you. And and thank you so much for really sharing your story and some serious subject matter today. I think a lot of people can learn from it, and I hope it was informative to the listeners like it was for me. Uh, my best wishes to you, Todd, thoughts and prayers to you and your family, especially the little baby Heidi, a big hello to your wife, Carla, and uh, all, the, all the family members of the Carson and the DeRoss families. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in if you had a chance to listen today and, uh, or whenever you end up listening to this episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Thank you so much for the support, Todd. And yes, you are a associate of the Get Home Safe podcast. You are uh, one of the members that, that uh, really contributes uh, behind the scenes, if you will, to make this podcast go. So thank you for your support and for helping me find guests over and over again. I hope to talk to you again very soon, my friend. Well guys, that will wrap up our short week of episodes here on the get home safe podcast. Again, with this new short format, uh, that's just kind of how we're doing it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if we can get the episodes out on time with Bill Barnes on Wednesdays. But anyway, we'll be back on Monday. It'll be a sports recap show from the weekend, basically talking a lot about, uh, most of the football games that occurred Saturday and Sunday. Maybe there'll be some baseball to talk about with the Yankees rays on Friday night, but the, uh, LCS games will be starting on Monday. So there won't be too much baseball to chat about. Um, But there will be a lot of football to discuss. And I think uh, a lot of drama in the near future regarding sports. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I wish everyone uh, all the best this weekend. Stay safe out there. Enjoy uh, any sports you watch or, or just spending time with family. I know a lot of people are going back to work here and there. So having Saturdays and Sundays truly off and different from the rest of the days, I think is very beneficial to all. So thank you all for tuning in today and joining uh, joining us on today's episode. Uh, guys, there's many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Please send us an email or contact us through social media to notify us of any uh, suggestions you might have for content, maybe questions you have for me. If you do have a question for Bill Barnes, make sure to get that in uh, early in the week because we were going to try to record by Monday or Tuesday. Um, Actually, that being said, I'm sorry. Sunday, we're still going to try to have that live show with Bill Barnes, whether it be here, if if you attend uh, in person Sunday night at 5 o'clock or you are interested in watching kind of a live podcast with Bill Barnes on Sunday through Zoom, we're going to make that feature available. But uh, we're not going to put out anything to the masses. We want uh, you to reach out to us or to me, I should say, as Todd was telling me, uh, reach out to me and let me know if you're interested in that. So by by all means, if you are, we'll make it happen. And if it's only a couple people, we're going to still try to do that on Sunday with Bill Barnes in a step forward as far as a live podcast. So that's the plan for now. It could change as you are all well aware with my schedule, Bill's schedule, uh, all the guest schedules. uh, That's just how it is. So anyway, we love hearing from you. Send us some uh, email topics, email us some topics, especially about the sports weekend. Maybe if you have thoughts on uh, your team's collapse on Saturday or Sunday or whatever the case may be, I love answering questions and uh, you know, you can give your opinions as well. I'd love hearing them. We love hearing from listeners. And we hope you guys will reach out to us and continue to support us here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Additionally, there's some links in the episode notes. If uh, you'd like to check out, you can leave a voice message. There's a way to click on links there. It'll take you right to where you need to go. And there's also some other links uh, that uh, provide some information about this podcast. But guys, thank you so much for a great week of shows. I know it's only three days a week now, but it still feels like uh, we've been chatting with each other all week. We have a sports recap on Monday. Our Sunday Bill Barnes episode recording should be out on Wednesday. If you don't have a chance to join us on Sunday and next Friday, we'll have another studs with studs segment as well as an interview with a, uh, with another guest. We just got to get to work on that here very soon. If you're interested in coming on the podcast, reach out to me, let me know. I love to sit down and record with you probably through zoom is best but whatever the case may be for you. We will make it work. Guys, have a wonderful weekend. It's been so much fun. Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.